We've been waiting for you. Come on in. It's Talk 10 Tuesday for November 7th, 2023 with Chuck Buck. And filling in for Eric Reamer is Angela Comfort. Today, we welcome the Doctor of Documentation, Dr. Robert Oob. We'll get the latest coding news from Lori Johnson. Tiffany Ferguson covers the social determinants of health. Tim Powell is at the Tuesday News Desk. And Angela Comfort will deliver our talkback segment. Now here's the publisher of ICD-10 Monitor, the host of Talk 10 Tuesday, and a man who dreamed last night he was the opening act for Miranda Lambert in Las Vegas, Chuck Buck. Thanks, Clark Anthony. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 576 Live Edition of Talk 10 Tuesday. And good morning, Angie. And folks, you know, I've known Angela Comfort so well since before this country migrated to ICD-10, so I feel very comfortable calling her Angie. So once again, good morning, Angie. And uh, Angie, as you heard Clark Anthony announce, the doctor of documentation, Dr. Oob's going to be joining us later in this broadcast. And I remember very clearly that Dr. Erica Reamer was very insistent on getting Dr. Oob booked. And now she won't be able to hear him at all. Well, she can always listen to him on demand. Yeah, so. That's right. Yeah, Angie. Here. And folks, if you can't hear us live, remember, you can always listen to us on demand. So, Angie, what's the topic for your point of view today? My point of view is talking about leadership in healthcare and some of the, the attributes of what it takes to be a good leader. Excellent topic, Angie. We look forward to hearing your point of view. We have much news to report, so we begin with Tim Powell. Tim is at the Talk 10 Tuesday News Desk. Thanks, Chuck. And today I'm going to be talking about proposed changes to strengthen Medicare Advantage and Part D programs. So CMS has announced a series of proposed changes aimed at enhancing the Medicare Advantage and Medicare Prescription Drug Benefit Programs, Part D. These reforms are in line with a broader economic strategy, often referred as Bidenomics, which emphasizes increasing competition, reducing costs, and ensuring accessible, high-quality health care for all Americans. The proposed regulations by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services intend to help Medicare beneficiaries make more informed decisions when selecting health coverage plans, a significant aspect of the proposal targets the practices of agents and brokers, ensuring that they prioritize the best interests of the enrollees over potential excessive compensation, which can sometimes lead to anti-competitive behavior. This is in direct response to concerns that some Medicare Advantage plans are compensating agents and brokers in ways that may lead to a biased enrollment decisions, pushing beneficiaries towards plans that may not fully meet their health care needs. Moreover, the proposals aim to enforce guardrails around the compensation for agents and brokers to further protect people with Medicare. CMS is also proposing standardization of plan compensation for agents and brokers to ensure a competitive and fair marketplace. Another focal point of the proposed rule is improving behavioral health care access. CMS plans to add a new facility type to Medicare Advantage network adequacy requirements, which will include marriage and family therapists, mental health counselors, addiction medicine clinicians, and opioid treatment providers. This expansion aims to address the growing need for mental health and substance use disorder treatment services. Additionally, the proposed rule seeks to ensure the supplemental benefits offered by 99% of Medicare Advantage plans are meaningful and not just attractive add-ons. CMS is considering requirements for Medicare Advantage plans to issue mid-year notifications to enrollees about unused supplemental benefits to increase utilization. Furthermore, CMS wants to establish evidence-based requirements for benefits offered as special supplemental benefits for the chronically ill and improve marketing transparency for these benefits. 
In an effort to promote health equity, CMS is proposing to mandate that Medicare Advantage plans have an expert in health equity on their utilization management committees. These committees would be tasked with conducting annual health equity analysis of prior utilization, prior authorization policies, focusing their impact on underserved enrollees. The findings will, would need to be publicly posted to enhance transparency into how prior authorizations affect these populations. CMS is also proposing measures to streamline enrollment for individuals eligible for both Medicaid, Medicare and Medicaid, which could provide better integrated care options. Additionally, in a move to bolster competition in the prescription drug market, the proposed rule includes providing more flexibility for Part D plans to substitute lower cost biosimilar biological products for their reference products, offering more timely access to these alternatives. So the public is going to have a 60-day period to comment on the notice of proposed rulemaking, and all comments must be submitted by January 5th of 2024 to one of the addresses listed in the Federal Register. And the full text, if you'd like to see it, of the rule is accessible in the Federal Register on the CMS website. By focusing on, on competition, transparency, and access, the apparent aim is to ensure Medicare Advantage and Part D serve the best interests of American seniors and individuals with, the, with disabilities who rely on these programs for their health care needs. And with that, back to you, Chuck. Thanks, Tim, very much. That was Tim Powell. Tim is a compliance expert, and he's the national correspondent for ICD-10 Monitor. Now's the time for the ICD-10 coding report with Lori Johnson. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning, Angie, and hello to our listeners. The January 2024 Healthcare Common Procedure Coding System, or the HCPCS codes, were released on November 6, 2023, which was yesterday. The codes include supplies, medications, implants, surgeries, etc. The latest release contains 553 changes and updates to the coding system. The latest release includes 343 additions, five coverage and long description changes, 50 long description changes, 18 discontinued codes, seven coverage changes, 126 payment changes, four short description updates, and 7,674 no changes, which was a relief. With this release, it is important to begin to familiarize yourself with the new codes, deletions, and changes. For Charge Description Master or CDM coordinators, the following tasks are required. Review the new codes with the appropriate departments to determine if the code should be included in your Charge Master as of January 1st. Also, do the new codes impact any supplies or implants? Review discontinued codes to determine if you need to inactivate any line items. Update the codes in the, with the description payment changes. Update descriptions that were changed as appropriate. For the coding staff, review new codes for procedures that may be performed, and you may want to research CPT Assisted for any guidance on the new procedures. Review coverage changes for impact on medical necessity. The coverage changes may be shared with the ancillary departments and physician offices to promote documentation for medical necessity. It is best to get that documentation when the test or procedure has been ordered and before it has been performed. 
most of the changes are effective January 1st, 2024. I have it on good authority that there are nine of the new codes that have an effective date of January 2nd, 2024. So, but anyway, we have time to prepare. Remember to reach out to others in the revenue cycle if you have any questions for your facility. And with that, Angie, back to you. Thanks, Lori. That was Lori Johnson. Lori's a senior healthcare consultant for Revenue Cycle Solutions, LLC. Are you ready to conquer the ever-changing world of radiology coding and payment adjustments? The MedLearn Comprehensive Radiology All-Access Pass is here to help. Radiology is an intricate field. Staying ahead is vital. The Radiology All-Access Pass is tailored to empower individuals, teams, and entire facilities with the tools and knowledge needed to navigate the complexities of 2024 code changes, payment shifts, and more. And here's exciting news. For a limited time, until December 31st, 2023, when you subscribe, you'll receive a complimentary copy of the best-selling book, Interventional Radiology Coder. Simply enter the code FPSIAAP24 at checkout when adding the book to your cart. Don't let the upcoming changes catch you off guard. Get ahead of the curve and ensure your facility's success in 2024 and beyond. Discover the comprehensive radiology all-access pass today. Visit MedLearn.com to learn more. Here down with the Tucked In Tuesday report on the social determinants of health is Tiffany Ferguson. Good morning, Tiffany. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning, all. So today I'd actually like to talk about uh, a collaboration between the Gravity Project and the American Medical Association. So they have taken a significant step towards clarifying the coding process for social determinants of health. Their partnership has resulted in the development of resources aimed at assisting coding professionals to help translate social risks such as housing and transportation into appropriate SDUH Z codes. So they actually created a guide. As soon as I'm done with this, I will post the link right there on the comment section. And then, of course, it's in my article. Uh, what it takes, the guide actually takes the CMS HRSN screening tool used primarily for the social quality measures, the social drivers of health requirements, and formats each responses into appropriate code sets. So the, resor- the resource includes suggested ICD 10 CM and SNOMED CT codes for each questions on the AH. HRSN screening tool, as well as additional codes for more specific social risk dimensions and root causes that could emerge during patient screenings. The significance of this collaborative endeavor cannot be overstated as it comes at a time when healthcare organizations and hospitals are gearing up for the mandatory reporting for CMS social drivers of health measures for 2024. This year, if you remember, it was voluntary, and there have been many trials for how to answer those five required questions from your adult patients, inpatients in the hospital, related to, you know, housing, utilities, transportation, personal safety, and whose responsibility it is to collect that information. Work has been underway for hospitals to figure out how to start also coding those responses and learning about whether these patient answers impact the patient's hospitalization and or in the outpatient setting. 
So per the press release, Corey Smith, American Medical Association Vice President of Informatics and Digital Products and the Gravity Project Technical Director, emphasized the importance of scalable, automated tools for encoding health-related social risk data using ICD-10, CM, and SNOMED-CT. Such tools play a critical role in identifying and addressing evidence-based social risks and have direct impact on health outcomes. The collaboration marks a significant stride towards achieving the goal with clear definitions. Thank goodness. The collaboration between Gravity Project and the AMA is a significant step towards the ongoing efforts to address social determinants of health, providing healthcare providers with valuable resources to document social risks in standardized terms. This initiative promotes better care and more efficient interventions, ideally with patients ultimately leading to improved health outcomes. So I thought I'd end with a couple scenarios from the tool. So the first is the patient enters the hospital and during the medical workup, they have been identified as homeless, generically H&P. However, upon further questioning, using the exact questions for one of the social drivers of health, what is your living situation today? The patient states they have been temporarily staying in a hotel. When it comes to coding, that would be the code Z59.01, sheltered homelessness. Next is a patient is expected to discharge home with new setup HOMO2. The case management has learned that the patient has no electricity in their home, and this is delaying discharge because there's an inability to manage the home oxygen concentrator. For this situation, code Z59.12, inadequate housing utilities would be used. And with that, back to you, Angie. Thanks, Tiffany. That's some great stuff that you have there. That was Tiffany Ferguson, the CEO for Phoenix Medical Management. Our special guest today is the doctor of documentation, Dr. Robert Oob. Uh, good morning, Dr. Oob, and welcome to Talking Tuesday. Good morning, Chuck and Angie, and thanks for having me. So recently I was typing a, documenting a physical exam, and I typed, appears older than stated age. And it made me pause. I remember that the patient might read that. And if they did, what would they think? Was it really that clinically important to include it in my note? I decided, no, it wasn't helpful. So I deleted it. The 21st Century Cures Act went into effect April 5th, 2021, mandating that U.S. healthcare providers give access to all health information in their EMRs without delay and without charge to their patients. Many of my initial fears of open notes have not come to fruition, but I have had to rethink some of the language we have historically used in medicine. For each one of the following examples, I asked myself, do I need to include this in my note? Is it really clinically relevant? If the answer is yes, then how can I describe it objectively? So let's start with my initial phrase, appears older than stated age. For me, as an internist, this is rarely impactful in the overall clinical picture. So it's something I'll probably remove from my vocabulary. For pediatricians, though, this may be much more clinically appropriate and really not offensive at all. So what about unfortunate, such as this is an unfortunate 81-year-old? I cannot think of any reason that this is clinically relevant. I think it's something we should eradicate from the habitual dictionary of medicine. Another common one is poor historian. Why might someone include this? You might include it to convey why the HPI may seem unorganized or incomplete or perhaps some medical legal protection to suggest why there might be a delay in diagnosis. It's our job as clinicians to gather the story from all the resources available to us and put it into an understandable story. But if the patient can't contribute, just be objective with the description. You could say, 
patient had difficulty recalling specific details and timelines related to their symptoms and medical history. Here's another one, frequent flyer. For this one, just state the facts. This is the patient's eighth visit to the ER in the last 30 days. This statement is non-judgmental and communicates the pertinent facts to the reader. My next example is morbid obesity. No, we can't stop documenting obesity as some have suggested. It's a medical condition that not only has a major impact on the patient's health, but as many of the listeners to talk to Enthusiasts will know, has significant coding considerations. I like using the different classes of obesity. They sound more clinically, clinical. Class 1 is a BMI between 30 and less than 35. Class 2 is a BMI of 35 to less than 40. And Class 3 is a BMI of greater than or equal to 40. Some have asked me if they can simply document the, B- the BMI without specifying obesity. But no, because coding rules specify that in order to code a BMI, you must have a nutritional diagnosis. And lastly, how about non-compliant? I suggest describing the how and the why. How are they taking their medications? and why. For example, you might say the patient hasn't taken lisinopril in three months because she's out of refills, but unable to get to her PCP's office because she doesn't have a car. So instead of saying just non-compliant and moving on, this will force you to identify the underlying issue, which then shows you potential fixes and also communicates that helpful information to the rest of the care team in a factual, non-judgmental way. It also may change the coding. So with patients having immediate access to their notes, this is a good time to reconsider some of the habitual language we've used in medicine. Back to you, Angie. Thanks, Dr. Oob. And that was some great information as well. Today's broadcast is just filled with information that we're all going to be able to use. And I hope that some of the other physicians that are listening takes note of what you said about what we are actually documenting. And that was the doctor of documentation, Dr. Robert Oob. What do you do when CMS unloads barrels of new codes into your lap like fallen leaves? How do you stay on top of your game as a coding genius? You subscribe to the ICD-10 Monitor Coding Portal. For the amazing low price of just $35, you have access to the superstars of coding. Lorianne Bryant, Dr. Erica Reamer, and Lori Johnson. You also have access to more than 40 educational webcasts. Plus, you'll earn CEUs to maintain your credentials. The retail value? More than $5,960. But for a limited time, your subscription is only $35 per webcast, a savings of 75%. Subscribe today to the ICD-10 Monitor Coding Portal. Thank you, Clark Anthony. And by the way, folks, take advantage of a 10% discount on the ICD-10 Monitor subscription when you Purchase it anytime between now and the end of the year. As many of you might remember, when we have a guest co-host on Talk 10 Tuesdays, we do today with Angela Comfort, we ask them to share a point of view, a POV. Here now with her point of view, POV, is Angela Comfort. Angie, it's all yours. Thanks, Chuck. I want to talk about leadership in healthcare. Um, because we all know how critical this topic is as it influences the quality of patient care and the overall success of the healthcare organization. So for this point of view, I want to explore the fundamental aspects of effective leadership in the healthcare industry, emphasizing the qualities and responsibilities that healthcare leaders must possess in order to navigate that complex and constantly evolving healthcare landscape. 
Healthcare leaders require a unique set of skills and attributes. They must have compassion and empathy and dedication to patient well-being. And equally important is strong communication and interpersonal skills. These facilitate effective collaboration among healthcare teams and are a pivotal element in delivering the best care possible. One of the primary roles of healthcare leaders is to establish a clear vision for their organizations. In an industry characterized by rapid change, having a well-defined mission and vision helps guide decision-making and ensures alignment among team members. A shared vision encourages everyone to work towards that common goal and ultimately benefits patients and the entire organization. Adaptability is paramount in healthcare leadership. The healthcare sector is in a constant state of flux, new technologies, treatments, regulations emerging regularly. I mean, all we have to do is think about what happened during the pandemic to how quickly things changed, especially around treatments and coding rules. Leaders who embrace the innovation and guide their teams through change are more likely to thrive in this dynamic environment. Cultivating a positive workplace culture is another essential responsibility of healthcare leaders, a culture characterized by respect, collaboration, and a commitment to continuous improvement. It not only boosts employee satisfaction, but it contributes to better patient outcomes overall. When we prioritize a healthy workplace culture, it reduces turnover and it enhances the overall organizational success. Healthcare leaders often face complex ethical dilemmas, resource allocation challenges, and high-stake decisions. Integrity and courage are crucial attributes for making those tough decisions in the best interest of patients and the organization. Effective healthcare leaders must stay informed about industry trends, best practices, and emerging technologies. Being up to date enables those leaders to make informed decisions, keep their organizations competitive in an ever-evolving healthcare landscape. The patient's safety should always be a top priority. Leaders must ensure their organizations have robust protocols in place to protect patients from harm, and they must advocate for patient safety, and it not only preserves trust, but enhances the quality of the care that's provided. Another aspect of leadership that I really hold dear to my heart is mentorship. It is an essential component of any type of leadership. Experienced leaders should actively mentor and develop that next generation of healthcare leaders. That's creating a continuous cycle of strong leadership and innovation within our industry. In conclusion, leadership in healthcare demands a unique blend of skills, including empathy, adaptability, communication, and decision-making. Effective healthcare leaders set clear visions, they foster positive workplace cultures, prioritize patient safety, and embrace innovation. By embodying these qualities and responsibilities, healthcare leaders guide the way towards better patient outcomes and a brighter future for our healthcare industry. Back to you, Chuck. Wow. Thanks, Angie, very much for an excellent presentation. And folks, that is going to be a wrap for this live edition of Talk Ten Tuesday. And I want to thank our panelists today, Lori Johnson, Tim Powell, Tiffany Ferguson, the doctor of documentation, Dr. Robert Oob, and a very special thanks to you, 
Angela Comfort, for co-hosting today's Talk 10 Tuesday. Thanks, Angie, again. Until next Tuesday, I'm Chuck Buck reporting for ICD-10 Monitor and Talk 10 Tuesday. Have a great week, everybody, and be sure to vote. Talk 10 Tuesday is a production of ICD-10 Monitor.